welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another team season preview, and this time the team we're doing is the Tennessee Titans. With me, I've got a first-timer guest on the podcast. With me today is Titans fan Greg Kett. Greg, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. It's um, always good to have a new guest on. We like to ask all of our new guests same question when they first come on, uh, especially those who are in the UK who follow the NFL. So for you, Greg, why did you pick the Titans? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a funny story. We, we I didn't really have a, an NFL team. Um, and we went travelling across America from sort of coast to coast from east to west. Um, and I kind of made this decision whilst we are out there that you know, wherever the best place I go to is, is I'm going to kind of those places I was looking forward to going ahead of a lot more than Nashville uh, but then we fell in love with the place and it's uh, it's almost like a second home for us now and uh, the Titans were adopted ever since um, so it's been a, it's been a an interesting ride we've had um, obviously a team that's uh, we've had some success that's uh, a lot of struggles along the way um, but it's uh, yeah it's the city itself, if you've never been, or anyone who's listening to this has never been, it's definitely uh, should be high up on your list to go to. Um, there's so so much to the, to the city itself, um, and if you can catch a Titans game while you're out of there as well, there's uh, honestly it's, it's the stadium's located perfectly in the centre of downtown and near the Broadway area, just across the river. Um, it's not in the middle of nowhere like a lot of stadiums seem to be nowadays. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how it all started for me. Yeah, and I know exactly how you must have become a fan because, you know, I went to Nashville last game last year for a game, uh, the Broncos game, and I thought Nashville was a hell of a city. You know, every bar you go to, there's live music everywhere. Everywhere yeah. is rocking. And, you know, this is like, you know, on a Sunday, where Sunday is a touristy, you know, a day which doesn't, a lot a lot happens in, in cities. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was amazing. And, you know, even, you know, it wasn't too far to get to, to Graceland. It was sort of everywhere was really nearby, you know, it was it was cold, don't get me wrong, when I went there, it was absolutely freezing, but it was, um, yeah, an amazing place. And the connect did be a, go a bit, so I couldn't quite hear whether you did say it or not. What kind of year this was when you went to Nashville? So this was, uh, I think it was 11 years ago. Um, so, I mean, it's a completely different city now to what it was, to what it was then. Um, it's built, it's been built up quite considerably over that period of time. Uh, but like you say, you've got, just so much, so much character to the city uh, with the live music scene. I mean, obviously, it is Music City at the end of the day. So there's there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of talented people out there that that perform. But even if you go off the the touristy track of uh, of kind of Broadway and where where a lot of people obviously travel and go to, you can you can get some really really nice areas in Nashville uh, that you can have a have a walk through where you don't even feel like you're in a city in some cases. Um, but it's been great to see it grow. Um, we we go every year, so we've been going every year pretty much since. Um, mostly around to watch games as much as uh, go out there to see friends and whatnot. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an incredible city. Yeah, and you mentioned what the stadium. I, I love. I thought it was a really nice stadium. I think it's um, you know you mentioned before the walk over the bridge, and I love that because you sort of. You walk past it a little bit at other parts of Tennessee, Nashville, but then when you go over that bridge, you see Nissan Stadium right there. And I thought that was really cool. And I thought the tailgating was really good as well. Uh, one of the best I went to when I was there, it was like a little, little um, it, it wasn't as much, I didn't find much cars and barbecues. It was more like a public area where everyone went. There was people playing Jenga. There was 
live music on trucks. It was all sorts. I thought it was it was really fun, and the food is also amazing as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot that goes on around the around the stadium. There's a two tone blue tailgate that we we tend to go to, which is like underneath the bridge, pretty much open to anyone to go to. Um, they all volunteer and and pull that together every game day. Um, and it does just bring it all together, really. When it when you look at the uh, the sort of game day experience, it's 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 kind of second to none in many cases. Um, it's something that even though we're not always the best football team on the pitch, it's uh, it's something that you know every game you go to, you're going to get entertained, um, whether it's before, or after, because it's just perfectly located. Unlike as like I said earlier, unlike a lot of NFL stadiums that are. Kind of purposely built outside of uh, of cities nowadays, so it's you know, a bit of a trek to get to. You know, I went to Miami um, back in 2018 for the longest game in NFL history. Went um, went for that for that one game, and and it was just nothing was around the stadium at all. Um, you know, obviously they, they bring together a lot of tailgating that obviously goes on in, in parking lots, etc. But it was so far out from anywhere, and it's the same with a lot of the games that we've been to, same with Houston, same with well, New England is, is is literally in the middle of nowhere. It's um so Nashville's unique in that regard that everything is right there on your doorstep. Um and the new stadium that's being built in a few years time is is being built right next door to where the old one is, which is great. That was one of our biggest worries when they talked about a new stadium is then potentially moving it out, but they're keeping it there, which is which is great for me. And yeah, talk of the stadium is due to be built, opened, I should say, in 2026. Uh, capacity looking about 55,000 to 60,000. Construction costs going to be 2.1 billion. Um, so for you, I know some people I know I've seen on Twitter who are Tyson fans hold that stadium in high regard. They're sort of sentimental. They want to keep it there. But others I've seen are on the other side and they want to see the, the stadium develop and they want to see a new one. So where, where do you stand on the, on, on the fence in terms of the new stadium that you're going to get in 2026. Yeah, so I mean, the, the current stadium's not that old. I mean, as a as a franchise, obviously we've moved moved from Houston um, into Tennessee, and it was I think opened in '99. So it's not it's not a really old stadium, but stadiums that were built in that period in those sort of '90s, I just don't think they've really stood the test of time very well. So when you when you go around the stadium, look, it's a it's, it's an impressive stadium still, but it's it's started to feel quite dated. So getting getting a new stadium, when you look at you know, SoFi and you look at all these new stadiums that have been built over the last sort of few years, um, this is going to be the new one is going to be very very similar to the standard of that, and that's only going to improve the, the kind of game day experience. I'm not a massive fan of uh, of kind of domes, and uh, I like sort of playing football out in the open. But um, I, I probably wouldn't be saying that if I was out in Nashville in in December and uh, went. So I went to the Houston game at home. Uh, was it last year or the year before? Um, I and mean, it just rained constantly the entire game, and I've never been as wet as that in my in my life. So I probably wished for a dome on that day, but. Yeah, personally, I quite like football being out on the wide open. You think of like Lambeau and you think of uh, Arrowhead where, you know, the conditions play a big, big part to games. And obviously being being in a dome is not going to give you that anymore. But the stadium, I mean, from the renderings and what they've shown so far, does look excellent. It looks top quality and it's a lot of money. But at the end of the day, I think it'll be worth it. Yeah, and I think that if it is going to be a dome, for example, it will allow you know Tennessee to host Super Bowls, which I think is great for the city. And I think the same thing is happening with Chicago. They're getting a dome as well, and I think that will be another great city to host one. So I think 
you know, I'm sort of, I'm more of an East Coast guy than a West Coast guy. I mean, I prefer, you know, Boston, New York, all, and Nashville, all that. I prefer that to LA, California. So I'm sort of, I get why, but they do it there every year in seemingly in the West Coast, but I'm, I want to see a bit more going in that, that area of the, of the America because it's great, you know, having sun in February is great and all that, but I want to see a change. I'm tired of seeing every year being in a hot place. I want to see it, you know, we had a Minnesota one year and I was, for me, the best Super Bowl I've ever watched. So for me, I think it's great just for American general, just to really broaden where you can have one. And I think that if you have a dome in Tennessee, you have a dome in Chicago, then I think that will just give more chances for more people to go and see new cities and, and and blah 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 so so yeah i i'm not against it i mean i i like this on stage and i went when i went there i thought it was really cool so i probably would be one of the ones that would want to keep it as it is but at the same time if i'm from tennessee i would probably rather a dome a new stadium because it brings more tourism and more money into, into my city so yeah i can see definitely um, both sides of the coin here uh but heading on to the titans new off season looking at the main ins and outs this off season uh, the main outs include Josh Dobbs, uh, who's actually recently, since then, gone from the Browns to the Cardinals. Uh, tight end Austin Hooper has gone to the Raiders. Uh, offensive guard Nate Davis has gone to the Bears. Uh, Terrell Basham, the defensive end, has gone to the Cincinnati Bengals. Linebacker David Long has gone to the Dolphins, what I'm very excited about. Uh, tight end George Swain has gone to the Cardinals. Right, right, uh, running back Dontrell Hilliard uh, has left as well. And then um, Bud Dupree was cut. And uh, Josh Lambeau, the kicker, has retired. And then the main ins, as well as re-signing the likes of Jeff Simmons, your defensive tackle, are taking people such as Peter Skaronski, 11th overall, uh, Will Levis, um, out of Kentucky, 33rd overall, the quarterback, and then money back from Tulane, TJ Spears, 81st overall. You um, signed in free agency the likes of Sean Murphy Bunting, the cornerback, former Buccaneers cornerback, uh, former 49s linebacker Aziz Alshire, uh, former Jaguars linebacker Arden Key, uh, former Eagles offensive tackle Andre Dillard, although he was named uh, potentially the Tennessee's biggest bust in 2023. And he also traded for John J. Hopkins, uh, who, of course, is, a few years ago was the best receiver in the game. Um, still put up decent numbers in the Cardinals, but obviously he got moved on from there, coming into, you would think now, be your number one receiver in 2023. Overall for you, Greg, uh, your take on the team's off-season ins and outs. Yeah, it's been an interesting one. I think we've um, there's a lot of experience that's left. Um, I think one name I didn't hear was was obviously Taylor Lewan, the left tackle, who who's been a staple of the offensive line for for years. Um, obviously, he's had a lot of injury issues with uh, these two ACLs. Um, he'll be he will be a big a big miss, and the offensive line is probably probably the biggest question mark over over this team as a whole at the moment. Um, but I think I think the business that's been done. Like we've got a new GM that's come in and and, and wants to put his own stamp on things. Um, and and I think some of the business. I think Arden Key is from what from the sort of glimpses that we've seen in preseasons looks great. And I always liked him with the Jags, um, which is hard for me to say. Um, the outside of that, same with with sort of El Shayer. I think is is one of those linebackers who probably didn't get the the, the respect nationally uh, playing. For the Niners, just because of the competition and middle linebacker that they've got, I think he could have a great year for us. I, I think we're, we're we're in a pretty good place. Um, the biggest issue with the Titans, and it has been for the last few years, is is injuries, and we've already picked up injury bugs in in preseason with uh, Traylon Burks going down, expected to miss a couple of weeks. Um, 
Kyle Phillips as well, who who was drafted. This is his second year. Missed most of last year due to injuries. Also picked up a, a knee injury, so he's going to be out for the expecting about six weeks. But um, you know, Hopkins was the big the big money move. It was the big um, yeah. I think any team that was going to take him, there was going to be a bit of buzz and excitement around it. Um, we've had a few a few busts uh, come come in at wide receiver over the years. If you think go back even to like Randy Moss and you think uh, obviously more recently Julio Jones. So there's always going to be that tag of you know hopefully that he's just not the next in that in that line. But watching him in uh, we haven't seen him in preseason. He's not played any any games. But watching him uh, during training camp on the small snippets that you hear and see, um, he, he doesn't doesn't look like anywhere near finished um and even though he's he's you know obviously turned 30 now or gone 30 is for me i think is it frees up an opportunity for trailing burks because i think trailing burks has got so much potential but without someone like hopkins there he's just going to get double covered every every single play and that's not going to help him develop and so hopkins can come in take some attention um and derrick henry's always going to get attention in the backfield anyway so for me I think we're in a pretty good place. We had a really bad finish to last season after kind of what went on with our old general manager being sort of fired and finishing the season quite poorly with six or seven straight losses. Um, I don't think we'll, we're going to see that continue. I think this this year is it could be anything realistically, um, but I think we we can we should be in a good place to totally push the Jags for for what is still a pretty weak AFC South. Yeah, I think definitely is wide open. And, you know, Traylon Burks, you mentioned him there, only had 444 yards and one touchdown in, in his rookie year. And I actually liked him the most out of any wide receiver um, in the draft last year. I thought he had a lot of promise. And I think with Hopkins, do you see, I think, I'm sure you agree with me, do you think it'll really open up your offence? Because Tannehill, when he's at his best for you guys in his first few years, he was one of you benefit a lot from the play action pass and your RPOs, etc. You know, when he had AJ Brown, it worked perfectly. But when he went, we saw how much the offense and Tannehill, particularly, um, declined and regressed without someone like uh, AJ Brown. So Hopkins, obviously, is probably right now not as good as AJ Brown. But do you think that having him back will help not only Tannehill get back to his best, but also really help ease the pressure of Derrick Henry? Because Derrick Henry is 28 years old, Bell 29. He's still getting a thousand yards, has been in you know, all but one of the last three or four years. Um, two-time rushing champion, and obviously he, for me, is my favorite running back to watch in the league, and he's a lot of people's as well. Um, a real pure, pure rusher. So, just how much do you think the signing Hopkins will just free up the offense and really ease that pressure on both Henry and also elevate Tannehill back to some sort of level he was a couple of years ago? Yeah, I think it's, it's it was key, and I think that's why they made the move in, in the first place. It, it's a, a calculated risk, but they knew that it was needed. The Wide receiver core last year, um, it just wasn't wasn't at the level it needed to be, and you, you put a lot of a lot of pressure onto onto the shoulders of, of Traylon Burks in, in year one, and, he, and then he got injured as well, which didn't didn't help um, help his cause. He's he's I think he'll have if he can stay if he can stay fit and healthy, he'll be uh, in a much much better place. Derrick Henry, he's absolutely loved and adored by Titans fans, quite rightly so. He's he's a Hall of Fame running back in my view. And I think he's one one of those players that doesn't seem to want to let up. Um, but at some point, you know, with all running packs, they they have a shelf life, and 
you never know when that time's going to come that he just doesn't, he's not as effective as he, as he once was. But he's one of the most durable, he's had, apart from, I think it was the year before last, when he kind of picked, broke his foot, I think, during the season and came back for the, just in time for the playoffs. You know, he's barely missed a game uh, for the Titans uh, other than that. So he's very, very durable and he gets 30 carries a game and, and just gets up and gets on with it. So for me, I'm not worried about that. My biggest concern with Derek Henry is, and we saw this quite a bit um, last year, was um, was ball security. Was, there were several fumbles um, over the season that some some we lost and 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 cost us. Uh, there's there's one which I, I won't forget. It was Traylon Burks's uh, touchdown, one of many touchdowns I think he said, um, which he recovered in the end zone after Derek Henry fumbled. So. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's something that he's always been very, very good on the ball security side. I'm hoping that that you know doesn't sort of sneak into this year. But yeah, look, DeAndre Hopkins will definitely open up this offense. Ryan Tannehill is a serviceable quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback. He's probably not even a top ten quarterback. But he's someone who can win games. Um, and actually, I think he's he's quite underrated in in what he can do. Um, but he's also one of those quarterbacks you just know at any time could go and throw an interception. If you watch the Bengals game in the playoffs, you know, season before last, um, you know, it was a horrendous, horrendous day for him. But there's been games that he's carried us through um, as a quarterback. And for me, I think it will open up an opportunity that he's got weapons now. If Burks can get back healthy quickly, you know, he's got, he's got now weapons that you can throw to. Um, and, then, and another one I want to mention is Shiga um, Conquo, who's he's a second-year tight end, um, very much built in the same kind of mould as, as sort of Delaney Walker and, and Johnny Smith um, as, a, as a sort of receiving tight end. Um, another player who, who could definitely benefit from, from having Hopkins there in terms of, you know, hopefully we'll have opportunities to, to make some big plays because he's a hell of a talent. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, there's definitely potential there. And I think Okonku, you know, he was someone that, particularly down the stretch, seemed to really put everyone on, on notice about what he can do. And I think certainly a lot of people on fantasy are looking at him this year for that reason alone, especially Dynasty, because he's young, he's 23, had a great year last year, had a great end of the season. So I think, you know, also, again, you mentioned Trello Burks. If he's got someone like Tannehill or someone like Okonku to throw to, Again, now, now again, he's fresh off, but maybe even have him as the third choice person to throw to. I think that will really help him develop and not, again, remove the um, double coverage and all that. And I think that will, I think that will really help him. Um, but of course, we don't know who will be throwing the ball to him come week 18. There's a lot of talk about that at the moment. I mean, Tannehill has a lot of critics last year. Of course, took Malik Willis last year. That hasn't worked out yet. But he took Will Levis this year in the second round. Um, so what do you see happening with that and who do you see being the quarterback come week 18 for the Titans? I think it very much depends on how the season's panning out. If if we're uh, if we're not having a good season and, and the playoffs is a, it's a distant dream, I wouldn't be surprised if a change was made. And um, I see, I'd be surprised if it wasn't Levis. Um, I think Malik Willis, we drafted in the third round, I think it was um, last year. He, it was a bit of a, a shot to nothing, a bit of a, you know, a guy who was touted to be a first round pick. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to go in the first round. He dropped down to the third and it was a, just an opportunity to be like, this This is a quarterback we could come in and develop because we knew that with Tannehill that there was only going to be 
at that time, I think two years of his contract left. So I think Malik Willis hasn't worked out. He's still, um, as as so far, I mean, obviously it's still very early days. He's definitely improved if you watch preseason games and he, he played pretty much the whole game um, last week um, in preseason. And he's definitely improving, but he's still a long, long way away from, from being a, a starting quarterback in the league. Levis... He wasn't one I was particularly excited about when when you know there was a lot of talk about us trying to trade up to get um get Stroud and and then the, you know we, we were joking around in the group that we've got um around you know what if we trade up to get Levis and I was just like I just don't don't see that being a, a viable option but when he dropped we ended up trading up in the second round to get him. He's he's a he's a capable quarterback. He's got a good arm. I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. He wasn't the quarterback that excited me if, if we were going to go and, and sort of draft one early on. But he's someone who I think they want to try and develop, and I think they want to try and give him the time this year. I, I don't see him being in in week eighteen unless you know we are, as I said, well out of the playoff hunt, and it's just then opportunities for him. Um, but I expect him to be quarterback too. I think Willis will stay obviously with this new sort of third quarterback rule. Um, I think we'll have we'll carry three quarterbacks, which is something we've historically never done apart from obviously having one of the practice squads. So I'm fully expecting all three will be carried and uh, Levis will sit behind Tannehill for probably the whole year. Just I think we'll, we'll always be there or thereabouts of you know, trying to win the division. Right. Let's head to our final segment, which is going to be our win last high section. So we ask every fan to predict their team's record by going through each game in their season and then answering the win-loss-tie record. So, week one for the Titans is a road game in the Superdome against the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to be at this game. Um, nice. And uh, my my record uh, with the Titans on the road, certainly in the regular season, is, is not the best. So, um, I've got a loss on this. I think it's going to be uh, week one. I've a tough game. The Saints are a bit of an unknown entity. Kamara's out, which is a bit, which is a, a plus for us. But I think that's going to be a tough game. Um, the Saints at home are, are, are you know, they're a good side, and I think, I think we'll it'll be it'll be a close one. But I think we will lose the first game. It's funny you mention that because um, my actual record at Dolphins games is is zero and four. <laughs> so, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it's not exactly. I'm hoping. I mean, I'm hoping this year I'll change that. But I'm going to the Philly game, so I. I can see it being 0-5 and maybe even 0-6 if I get the Chiefs tickets in Germany. Um, but I don't think my luck will change anytime soon. My my record in this end is, is pretty good uh, until until the last sort of, sort of post-COVID um, where, where I've been to a couple of pretty poor games. Also the Jags game last year, which we lost. I mentioned the one that, against Houston at home, which we lost in the rain. It was, so we've had some we've had some bad results uh, at home in recent times. But I had a really good run to start with at home. It must have been about six or seven I don't know maybe I think it was at one point I can't remember exactly but yeah there's um yeah away away from uh from from the Nissan it's not been great I went to Houston back in I think it was 2016 and we lost like 67 14 um it was uh that was I think the first away game that I'd uh I'd done and yeah it's not got much better since and like I said, I was in my I was in Miami for that longest NFL game, which we also lost. So yeah. just, uh, my away record needs to improve. So hopefully it does, but I'm not expecting it to. Uh, well, we two is your first home game of the season. You take on the Los Angeles Chargers. 
Yeah, I just fancy us for this one. I think home opener. I think we'll um, we'll come out with a win again. I think it'll be a close game, but I think um, we'll bounce back from from a week one loss with uh, with a win against the Chargers. Tough game though. They're a good side. Mm. Uh, so week three is a road game, uh, but this time it's against the uh, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I've gone lost with this one. Um, Deshaun Watson terrorised us for for years when he was with Houston, um, and the, the push. I was quite glad when 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 he wasn't playing for them anymore. Uh, but I think it's gonna, I think I think the Browns could be could be really good this year. I think they they drafted well. They picked up Cedric Tillman from he was a Tennessee volunteer, and I'm a Vols fan, um, so I know all about him and what he can bring. And I think I think I think they'll nick that one. Yeah, I mean, I do think that if the Browns get the Houston Texans version of Watson, I think they're probably a playoff team. But I just, you just don't know whether he's going to get back to what he was before. And I think this season, I think with a full full season at hand, a full off season, etc., I, I think that we'll, we'll know whether he is over the hill or whether that was just a year or two off. Um, we, and they're, they're still the Browns. They're still the Browns as well, aren't they? So it's hard to it's hard to take them seriously. But I, I, <laughs> they've got good. They've got good players. Like um, I think Chubb at running back is. One of the definitely a top five running back in this league, but quite easily. So I think it's yeah, uh, it'll be a tough game. I think we'll again being on the road. It's one of those games I can definitely see us uh, dropping. Yeah, especially if you've got if you've got Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, and Miles Garrett on your team, I think you can win a lot of games with those three players alone. Um, but week four, you're back at home. Uh, this time, another AFC North team in the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I've gone lost to this one as well. So, um, yeah, not such great start to the season, <laughs> but the Bengals, um, yeah, they've had our number in, in, in recent times. Um, uh, yeah, I just think they're still an incredibly strong outfit. So, again, I think it's going to be close. I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think there's many games where we're going to go and get blown out by any stretch. But yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll lose that one. Okay, so week five, uh, you're taking on on the road the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, the Colts. Uh, it, the Colts used to fill me with dread for years um, when they had Andrew Luck and just couldn't beat them for love nor money. But I think this year they'll be the division's whipping boys and probably worse than the Texans. Um, I don't. I don't think they've, Richardson is is a, is, a, is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be ready to take them anywhere. Kind of too extreme. The whole Jonathan Taylor thing is a bit weird. His bit of. Uh, Obviously, I'm delighted if he uh, moves out of this division. I'm hoping he'll go somewhere in the NFC, but um, I don't see him seeing the field for the Colts, and I think we should win that one. Okay, and week six is in London. Uh, you take on the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, London record's not great either. Uh, 0-1 against the Chargers back in 2018. Uh, yeah, I actually do think we'll lose this game. I think um, I think Baltimore looked really strong this year. Um Zay Flowers, I think, is going to be an incredible pickup for them. Their wide receiver core has not been great, and he'll definitely bring some juice. I saw him in a preseason game uh, earlier this week against Washington, and it was a, obviously a small sample, but he looks incredibly good. Yeah, I think, I think again, it'll be, I think it'll be close, but uh, I think uh, wouldn't surprise me if they kick a field goal to win that one. And are you heading to the game? I am indeed, yeah. So we're heading down. Um, so I'm, I'm not too far from London myself, anyway. So, we're, but we've, we've got plans to meet with some friends who are coming over, and um, the um, we have a podcast, the Transatlantic Titans, and we've got a group of six of us who do that podcast, and we're all meeting up. So it'll be a, it'll be a good weekend, regardless of the result. Uh, I won't be saying that when we do actually lose because I just 
pretty much outing probably. But uh, yeah, I think um, it'll be a, it'll be a tough game as, but it, it'll be a great game for anyone going to watch it. The Ravens and the Titans is a a kind of a rivalry that not many people really think about, but it's uh, it's quite a fierce rivalry between between those teams. They don't like each other very much. Um, even a couple of years ago or a few years ago during the in the playoffs with the, the whole kind of Baltimore Ravens stamping on the Titans logo in the middle of the field. Um, during the regular season, we, the Titans gathered on the on the Ravens uh, logo in the middle of their field, which didn't take too too very nicely. So, I think we'll see some uh, some spicy plays in that game, and it's going to be a pretty hard hitting game for sure. But it should be entertaining for those uh, in London watching it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to the game and the Bills Jacks team. I think that is probably is. Certainly the best. I think certainly the best ever ever international game. You look at Chiefs Chiefs Dolphins on paper, but in terms of the London games, you've got at least two to three games are very exciting. You've got Josh Allen against Trevor Lawrence, and you've got you know this Ravens team against you know like Derek Henry and all that. And OBJ will be there. Lamar Jackson. You know it's some good players, and I think there'll be some good games. And even even Jack Falcons will be a good game. I think that you know the Falcons could shock the Jacks. I think potentially, and you know I think. I think it should be a good games. So I think we should be set this year for a really good set of London games. Yeah, it's exciting. I think um, I agree with you. I think the Jags are, have really pulled it together. I think Peterson has been an incredible hire for them. Um, and I think that Bills game is you know, one that is going to be weird for me to be cheering on the Bills, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But now it's going to be a yeah, cracking game for London. It's good to see you getting some good games over here. We normally get left with... Uh, <laughs> Two two poor teams who just come over and uh, and play out, but now these these should be good games. Yeah, can't wait. Um, so week seven is a bye week. So week eight, uh, you're taking on the Atlanta Falcons at home. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans reserves. They love picking up uh, our players, that's for sure. And I think we'll win that one quite easily. Hey, as a week nine is a road game in Pittsburgh as you take on the Steelers. Yeah, we never win there. <laughs> and I don't think that's gonna change. I think Steelers are, are one for me and they're in a tough division, I know, but I think they're um depending on what happens with Pickett, I think they're in a good shot of, of making the playoffs this year. I think they they maybe only as a wild card, I don't think they'll win the division with the Bengals and the Ravens in there, but I think they could definitely pick up a wild card spot. And then week ten, you travel again, but this time oh three straight road games for you guys. Uh, this one's against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I so I'm actually I'm going to this one as well. I'm going to to literally the three the three next three. But the um the Tampa game, uh, I think they've they've got great defense still, and they've got incredibly good wide receivers. It's going to be a tough game, but I think certainly not trust Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask whoever end up being quarterback by the time this game happens. So I think we'll we'll win that one. Hey, and then week eleven is against the Jacksonville Jaguars at Everbank Stadium. Yeah, I think we'll lose that game. I think um, I think the Jags might have our number at the moment, um, and I think they'll 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 come out with a victory there. I think. Uh, so week twelve, you're back at home for the first time since week eight. Uh, you take on the uh, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I've got a win on that one. I think um, Panthers. I think could be good this year. I must admit, but I think at home, I fancy us to uh, to win that game. Be interesting to see how Bryce uh, Bryce Young gets on in his first year. A lot of talk around his size and whether he's going to be durable enough, but I think um, I think he'll have a I think he'll have a decent year. He's a very good quarterback, but I think we'll win that game. Uh, so week thirteen at the start of December, you take on at home the Colts. 
yeah, I've gone win again. I think uh, hopefully we'll sweep the Colts this year. Um, depends on how many injuries we've got by this stage. We always seem to pick up injuries, but now I think we'll, we'll sweep the Colts and win that game. Um, week 14 is a repeated game you mentioned you went to earlier a few years ago as you travelled to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be able to hear, I think Miami will win this one. And they're another one I think um, could go have a really, really good year this year. If they can keep players healthy and Tua can stay on the field, I think they've got a chance of... Uh, a good chance of, of of winning the division or or at least getting in as a as a wild card. The Bills are still pretty strong, I know. So yeah, I think we'll we'll lose that game. Still have nightmares of the when when I last went to to Miami, and I think there's going to be more nightmares for me. Um, week fifteen uh, is against Texans at home. Yeah, I'm going home win here. I think the Texans are still going to be quite far off it. Um, even though the recent record against us has been pretty good, I think I think we'll win that game. Okay, so week 16 is Christmas Eve, uh, 12 p.m. local time, 6 p.m. for those who are listening or watching in the UK. Uh, as you take on the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, this one's going to be a tough game, but I think we'll, we might just nick it. I think it's going to be a close one. Um, Seattle are, are, are a good good team, but I think I think at home, I think we'll, we should be strong enough to win that game just about. Um, so week 17, your final road game of the regular season, New Year's Eve. 12 p.m. in the your local time, 6 p.m. in the UK, as you travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Yeah, I'm going to go win here as well. I think um, a lot of this will depend on, on kind of if, if if everything rings true. You know, there's an outside shot here of, of like a wild card spot, but probably probably not. But I think we'll beat the Texans. I think the Texans will get better. I think they'll, um, but I don't think they're going to be ready this year to make any kind of run. Or I think we should hopefully sweep them. And then finally, week 18, you're taking on at home the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just pray it's not winning in this game because we, we love playing the Jags and winning in games. Um, but I think we'll I think we'll lose it. I think um the Jags look strong. Uh, like I said earlier, I think Peterson's been a have been a great hire for them. They've been the laughing stock of this division for, for quite a few years. Um and but I think they've they've really turned the corner and they look a good side. So I think we might get swept by them this year. It'll be close again, though. I don't think they'll blow us out by any stretch. Okay, so that means that you're finishing with a 10 and 7 record. Just to interrupt this podcast, it actually was meant to be a 9 and 8 record rather than 10 and 7. I must have just miscalculated whilst recording the podcast. So if you've heard just now 10 and 7, the actual record Greg predicted was 9 and 8. I only realised just whilst editing this podcast now. So apologies to all of you listening. Yeah, I think that's. I just down sort of ten, seven, nine, eight. I think that's probably where we are as a team at the moment. Um, between between those two, so yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I think that's probably fair. I don't think there's uh, we'll be. I think as an outside shot, maybe of a wild card place. But I think AFC yeah, is so stacked. I think there's going to be some good records that we're going to be having to compete with in that regard. Um, I say that we'll probably go and win the division now. <laughs> uh, well you mentioned um, fair prediction I mean looking at the everyone else has come on the podcast so far and given their predictions for their own teams uh, there's been 30 teams and 31 guests and you're currently about uh, tied to 17th so that shows middle of the road you know there's fans who've got 12 and 5 13 and 4 and there are fans who've got 9 and 8 you know 7, 9 and 1 6 and 11 etc so yeah around about middle of the road for you guys according to your prediction yeah 
think that's probably fair as well. I think that's that's kind of where we are at the moment. We're still, I think we are in a bit of a mini rebuild still. Um, obviously, Hopkins is a is a signing that suggests that you make a run. But one thing, Mike Vrabel teams is is no matter who's playing, you know, he's put a team out to win games. Um, he's got no interest in tanking, trying to get trying to get better picks for for next year in the draft. He, he's very much just wants to win games of football and and. To be fair with Mike Vrabel, there's been games that we've won that we probably shouldn't have, but he's just got us through. So, and I wouldn't be surprised there's a few that I get, well, maybe a lot of them, I'm sure I'll get wrong, but I still think it will balance out to being similar to that sort of maybe you know, 9, 8, 10, 7. And then if you get 7, 7 10, and 7, you'd think that would get you maybe squeezing in a wildcard spot or maybe a, or maybe winning the division. So, if you make the playoffs with 10 and 7, how far do you think you'll go in the playoffs? Um, I mean, it very much depends on who we end up going up against, I guess. But um, you know, I would like to think we can make a little bit of a run. I think we had that run in sort of twenty nineteen season or twenty twenty, uh, early twenty twenty. That was that was a great run that no one really expected. Um, getting to the AFC Championship game, and then we were number one seed in the AFC and 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 lost at home to the Bengals uh, the year before last. So it's hard to know exactly, but if we can if we can run the ball well. Come playoff time, we've always got a chance. And if Derek Henry is running the ball well and hard, then you know, we've got every opportunity to uh, to go on a little bit of a run. But I'm not expecting a Super Bowl. I'm not expecting you know any more than maybe one win. But uh, you never know. Might end up surprising some. Yeah, you never know. You've got Derek Henry on your team, you just never know. Uh, but that is where we will end the podcast for today. Before we do go, Greg, will give you the chance to plug not only your own social media, but also the, your podcast that you do. Yeah, so we're um, tra- at uh, Transatlantic TN, uh, which is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. We, we we do normally every week during the season and uh, sporadically sort of outside of the season whenever sort of news happens. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter uh, at Greg underscore Ket. Um, quite easy to quite easy to find. You're just Stevie moaning about referee decisions and. Um, quite entertaining for people who, who don't know me I'm sure but uh, no it's, it's, it's always uh, always fun to come on and, and do this See, I think it could be a, a really exciting season whether it's exciting for the right reasons or the wrong reasons we might end up getting a bit of Will Levis towards the uh, towards the end of the season which will be interesting to see or we might end up going on a bit of a run and, and nicking, a, nicking a playoff spot so we'll have to wait and see but uh, yeah and no, fingers crossed it will be a, it'll be a good season nevertheless exciting times exciting times But this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast, Tennessee Titans season preview. And we will see you guys for our next season preview.